Oh, it's get down Saturday night. Uh, you don't like dancing? <laughs> Jesus. Why? Why wasn't this Lex goddamn Luther? Oh! Maybe we should just start every episode with a, a similar rant to that. Like yeah. the, the music comes up and it's just your voice going, and another thing. <laughs> I back in my day, we used to love our Lex Luthers. They were men. Not these boys. Not these um, boys. They were bald, but one wore a toupee, and that was strange. And <laughs> that was always my problem with the Gene Hackman Lex Luthor, because I mean, it was, he was corny as hell. But at least, at least he was sort of had a sort of dignity to him, you know. No, anyway. So we should say something like, "Hello, and welcome to the Todd and Taylor Show." I'm Todd A. It's very morose. <laughs> but I think you I think you should say it because I'm gonna say the the it's 80s one. At a funeral. <laughs> okay, so you you say that. Do I start in a world where no. Um <laughs> that sounds way more I'm impressive. trying to give you like a clean break, so I'm not trying not to react to anything. All right, all right. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Welcome to the Todd and Taylor show. I'm Taylor Trask. And I'm Todd A. And it is season three, everybody. It is the start of a new day, a new season. Um, this is episode one of season three, right? And and it's the start of there.network. Yes! The first episode of the Todd and Taylor show on there.network. You're listening to this now, uh, and there is a thing, right? So it's SoundCloud, we changed it over. Um, we've kind of split everything up into separate episodes on uh, RSS feed. So if you're listening on iTunes or Pocket Cast or uh, Google Play, wherever you're finding this, this is its own show now. And we're, we're going to continue to debut other shows or hint at other shows through this, but we're done sort of pushing everything through the same feed unless you're listening on SoundCloud. Then everything's still, you know, yeah. still there. So why why did we do that, Taylor? Do you have a succinct answer there, or uh, would you like me to attempt to do that? I have an answer. I don't know if it's succinct. Um, <laughs> we we did it because like we're we're gonna be launching a bunch of shows, right? So we've got this one. We got Wednesday in Westeros. We have um, a, several more that we'll be talking about soon. And if you look at other networks like KCRW or Smodcast or um, uh, what's the other one that you like a lot that I just named? As- I can name the uh, Maximum Fun. Maximum like Fun. Fighting yeah. in the War Room Network. Um, I listened to the Trump Cast, which you turned me onto, which is on the Panoply, Panoply yes. Network. Yes. Um, all of these, though, are different separate shows. So you can subscribe to one or all of them, and they are different you know, little artworks in your, in your yes. feed. And what, what Taylor and, means is all of our – all of the their network shows are different shows. Yes. We yes. are also different from Maximum Fun and, and Panoply and stuff like that. But we're saying within our network, there are different shows that you can subscribe to separately. Exactly. So go out there, go jump, jump yeah. on there.network and just see what we've got brewing. Um, new stuff will be added all the time. And hey, at some point, <laughs> so hopefully, we'll have a video uh, show or two for you to check yeah. out as well. So that's exciting. Yeah. So to clarify, that is there as in the place, T-H-E-R-E dot network, not dot net, not dot com, not dot U.S. dot network. So just type that into your browser. We promise it will work. Because we live in the future and we're cool like that. And yes. And we think this is a pretty good idea because basically we really like SoundCloud. We said this in our last episode with the close of season two, uh, which is if you follow us on SoundCloud, you'll get every single episode that the their network creates. But say you just don't like the sound of my voice. 
then you can go to there.network, find the shows that I am not on, and subscribe to them independently on iTunes or Google Play or, or Podbay or Podbean or Stitcher or anything else that you like. Um, so I think that's pretty cool because we ourselves ha- got with our uh, – we, we do a, a show during the Game of Thrones season called Wednesday in Westeros. Mm-hmm. And this season we had um, some guests on a couple of episodes, and then we brought some more guests into the Todd and Taylor show later this summer. And we just love the experience of listening to other people talk. Yeah. So we, you know, we just, we were kind of thinking about this. Like if we get other people involved in doing their own podcasts and stuff, how's it going to work? You know, is this all, we didn't want it to all go out as the Todd and Taylor show. Like we, you know, are the ones responsible for it. We wanted everyone to have their own little playground. So and to That's be honest, I'm, I'm a little selfish. I want to listen as a fan as well. as <laughs> I want to be a fan and I want to be on it. So it's like, yeah, I, it's, want, uh, I want my cake and eat it too, Todd. I want my, yeah. my ice cream cake. Made up of yeah. I have a uh, – so yeah, I think that's that probably sums up – this is – Taylor and I have done um, – we like putting our, uh, our podcasting – chats together into seasons mm-hmm. um and i like it too because it's they feel kind of seasonal so yeah. we yeah. started with these experimental episodes where we had a lot of technical problems and we had some weird episode naming problems and numbering convention things everything like it was like every time we made a plan it just got shot to hell yep. so we called that season zero zipped it all up left <laughs> and decided which, we're going to start over which with really works one really works now because if you go back to season zero like it's kind of like we're bit we're figuring the show out but it all yeah, yeah. But it all sort of weirdly fits together too it's like it is of a piece i agree um, you know so and again if you're if you if you follow us on soundcloud you can just go to the playlist section and pull up our seasons mm-hmm. so this is actually our third season and what i was saying what, what i was going to say was it it does feel seasonal to me because there was yeah. sort of like a the uh there was kind of a, a gap, at least in my mind, between season zero and season one. And when we started season one, we said we're going to try to focus on one topic per episode. We're not going to do all this uh, preamble and stuff. And uh, that so that we had these really great lengthy discussions. And then I feel like we we started Wednesday and Westeros, and then we started the Todd and Taylor show season two. And we kind of had a different – there's sort of a different feel to our conversations, I think. Yeah. And I think we're going to find the same thing. I was here. a lot angrier back then. I was a lot more bitter. <laughs> It was, <laughs> it was all, uh, yeah, it was just all conspiracy theory. And That's right. I, I was in my angry. Alex Jones phase at that point. Yeah. Just, you know, you can go back and listen to season two and you'll hear it. You know, it'll, oh, yeah. it'll be very yeah. obvious. I, yeah. You were, you were so bent out of shape about Comic-Con and <laughs> other <laughs> pressing issues that we discussed. That's right. That's right. Um, so that, so that's probably the preamble to this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we should just jump in. Yeah, um, and this week's ep- you know we we try to focus on different topics. If you're new to the Todd and Taylor show, we try to focus on different topics or different different kind of evergreen content, as it were. Um, and you <laughs> and I were chatting earlier this week, and it, we kind of just decided you've seen a show in full on Netflix. I've seen a show in full on Netflix. Neither of us have seen that show really, you know, the opposite show. So let's just each talk about the show we've seen. <laughs> Sure. And it's, and uh, again, if you're new to this, uh, Taylor and I love talking about the whole Netflix model of things. Um, I think uh, our Stranger Things episode from season two is a great way to get into that discussion, like of, you know, how do you release a show or whatever? So, and by the way, Netflix is uh, killing it right now. They're basically unstoppable. 
there are new shows that I'm just like, I don't need, I literally don't have time to watch. I still haven't watched the get down. There's the show called yeah. easy that I want to see now. Yeah. Um, this Netflix original movie called arc that I'm really, really interested oh, geez, in, which is all this yeah. crazy time travel stuff. That's got to appeal to you. Yep. Um, Netflix then, has become the image comics of TV. I know. And the, uh, Amanda Knox documentary. I'm just, I'm really excited about all this stuff. So last Friday night, um, uh, I didn't have anything going on. And for in my it was in my brain I was thinking um, this is a great night to start Luke Cage because mm-hmm. I cannot watch more than two or three episodes like there's just no there was I was so tired and I was like there's there's physically no way for me to binge this mm-hmm. and after during the, our Stranger Things discussion Taylor and I talked about how it worked so well kind of as a mini series like if you could yeah. watch two episodes a night so mm-hmm. I may have just watched two episodes on Friday night, but possibly three. Um, Cause I started pretty early. I started at like 6 PM or something. And, um, but anyway, I was, I was so into the show. Uh, I, I can't say it was like, you know, from the opening moment, but I was, I was into it right away. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then Saturday did the same thing where I watched like uh, three episodes um, however it worked, I ended up watching it over like four or five days. I didn't, I okay. never at one time sat down and just binged it. Um, was that because you didn't have time or because you just, it was, it was too heavy to do all in one big shot. Good question because, and I think, you know, it's uh, we, we might as well just jump into some of that right now, which is, I think, um, one thing is I was, I was being very conscious of it, which was mm-hmm. with Jessica Jones and stranger things Stranger Things, I, it was like impossible for me to stop watching it. And I binged it in two days, hmm. um, but I wished I had I had pushed it. You know, so I was sort of consciously going into Luke Cage. Like, remember, you think you didn't enjoy Stranger Things as much as you should have, mm-hmm. so spread this out. Yeah. Um, but the other, but the other thing is, I do think there's there's some sort of uh, plot issues i won't say they're not like problems but it's just the way it's structured that mm-hmm. um like i noticed last night i had uh, uh last night i had one technically i had one episode left to watch but i ended up going back and watching almost all of the uh penultimate episode because mm-hmm. i needed to catch i needed to catch myself up on it and i knew there were just moments where like my eyes weren't on the screen and something super significant had happened. Mm-hmm. So uh, does that answer your question? I think <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, so no. part of it was the conscious effort and part of it is just intrinsic to the story that Luke Cage is, is telling. But I definitely would say like if anyone's, if anyone's getting into it, you know, watch, watch two episodes a night. Like it's, you know, you're not, it's not a show that demands to be binged. And I feel like when I watch Jessica Jones, um, I, it's sort of like, you know, when, with some of these shows, they hit this swing mm-hmm. around like the eighth episode or, or even before maybe like sixth episode, yeah, seventh, seventh and eighth for sure. Where you're going like, you're just sort of faded out on it. Yeah. And so then significant stuff happens 
after that, and you have to think, well, am I going to go back and rewatch these three hours that I was kind of tuning in and out of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm someone who has not watched Luke Cage except for the first two episodes. I'd seen the first 10 to 15 minutes out of curiosity and sort of had stopped because I think it was just too busy. You and I chatted, and then another friend of of ours, Drew, mentioned on Facebook, he's like, oh, my God, it's great. So that provoked me to actually watch episode one and two, and we'll get to my thoughts in a minute. For those at home, uh, but is this is this in comparing to Jessica Jones? We actually did a podcast about Jessica Jones, and yes. one of the chief complaints was, I think, from both of us, it felt like it was two to three episodes too long. Like if they had cut a couple and con- it would have felt yeah. completely tight. Did this show have that problem? My my answer is is a a very conditional sort of. Um, okay. <laughs> so uh, you and I talked uh, when we were talking about about recording this podcast a couple of days ago. Um, I, I sort of said this. I don't know why. I just explained that to a podcast listening audience. But Taylor and I, I it's like I'm just saying, hey Taylor, you heard this before. I don't know why I said that. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, Jessica Jones to me lacks like as uh, em- emotionally invested as we got into those characters in Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, it, as far, I mean, it's still in my memory. I don't remember any origin story to it. And I lacked this background, especially for having that many episodes of Jessica Jones. It felt like, uh, like one of our complaints at the time was it felt like they, they, there was like a little mini arc with her character. And uh, what's his name? I keep wanting to call him purple man. Um, oh, uh, Kilgrave. Kilgrave. And then it was like that arc kind of hit its natural end, and then they literally repeated the same arc where, like, the characters yeah, did exactly yeah. the same thing. Like, she went back to him and yeah. and, and, try, and was just felt like, are you just wasting time? Yeah. Um, it we, felt like well, that it felt like in the writer's room there was a lot of competition for which idea would be sort of that idea, and they were just like, we'll do them both. And then just, like, that kind of – have that that mode of like all right you guys we'll do yours and we'll and we'll do john's too and then we'll they will both be in there and Um, you know part of that i guess is adapting this new form of a netflix series where you don't know how many episodes you really need and yeah you know they maybe they wrote it like it was no no no. i'm not gonna buy that this kind of tv has been around for god 10 years at minimum now like we've seen entire seasons, like going all the way back to the Sopranos, Carnival, these these bingeable shows. There's there's kind of a rhythm of what is what works and doesn't work in these shows. I'll even throw you in the Prisoner from AMC from like six years ago, which is like Ian McKellen and Jim Caviezel, um, Gandalf and Jesus have fun, as I like to call it. <laughs> it was it was. It was, I think, like six episodes. It was meant to be a miniseries. It worked perfectly in that context. And I think it would have just fallen off the rails if they tried to add one more bit of story to it. Like, it was exactly as long as it needed to be. So I feel like these writers know what works and doesn't in this context. Like, we've seen, you know, enough stuff. Come on. And we've, like, we, I think we both agree, like, Stranger Things was the perfect amount of episodes. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. It was was eight. Um, But Wait, was it eight? It was really eight? it's just eight. Oh my god, I forgot all about that. So the the thing, the reason I bring that up with the with this show specifically and Jessica Jones and say like maybe it's just that old model is because mm-hmm. to me, 
uh, I, I know this is this is compressed a little in recent years, you know, with the uh, rise of digital uh, shows, but basically like a TV season used to be 23 to 26 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if they still do that on broadcast television, but I think of the model Marvel as like, they're all kind of following behind agents of shield mm-hmm. and uh, agent Carter. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at it that way, Jessica Jones was half was 13 episodes. Mm-hmm. And well, and so's Luke Cage. And so to me, that's where it falls off. Like, I wish they would say, hey, we got a story for Luke Cage, and it's going to take us five episodes to tell it, and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Or they go, hey, we got seven episodes this time, and that's it. You I'll be know? honest. That's the reason I never really got into Daredevil season two is just because I'm like, man, I don't – It's such a commitment, right? It's like I enjoy the first one, but I'm like, I just don't have the time to delve into – and people have told me it's great. So it's like, I mean, I'm sure yeah. there's nothing – but I'm just like at the same time – did that show need 13 you know, more episodes, right? We live in a world where you don't have, yeah, you're totally right. We don't have, it's not like they're selling inventory for advertising. They literally exist in a medium on Netflix or Hulu or wherever these streaming services are. This is a medium where you can be, it could be one, you know, four hour movie. It could be five, yeah. 20 minute episodes. Like it really doesn't matter. I think it does. There needs to be a bit more discipline on the side of the creators to really think through that and map out. And maybe they do. And maybe I'm just well, yelling at me right now, but it's like, you know, we're specifically, I mean, if you look at the, what we're, what we're comparing and contrasting stranger things is a totally independent entity that Netflix uh, produced mm-hmm. that has no tie into anything. And True. the Marvel, Marvel Universe is like you can imagine like there's you know they've probably got uh, uh, you know a lot of the same production people that are working on these and they yeah. are tying it into um, comic book releases and seasons and things like that and so yeah. I get that they have a lot going on but I still wish back to one of our earliest podcasts I quoted John Layman who writes the comic book Chew as saying he wished the big two comic book publishers would go a little bit crazier. And stop worrying about like keeping everything in the universe. And he was saying, I would love to, you know, read a six issue arc of Captain America riding a dinosaur. And that's totally <laughs> yeah. what I want, not only in the comic books, but also in the television and movies. Like, yeah. we don't need these giant unified universes where the same Batman is in every movie and it ties into the Suicide Squad and the Superman yeah. movie. And it's like, dude, just. Like if you have consistently good characters and tell good stories, they can all operate independently. They can sometimes join up. It's cool. Like, you know, do it like that. So that's kind of where I am with the TV series. Back to your question about does it sort of fail like Jessica Jones? I don't think so because – so for example, I started watching the Daredevil series, and it starts, at least the very first episode, way back like it's going to retell the origin story. And Mm -hmm. I'm just sick of origin stories. Um, and I gave up like right in the middle of that origin story. Like I was just like, nah, can't, can't deal with it. And I never went back to daredevil. Not, not because of that, but you know, I'm just saying like, I, it just happens to start that way. Jessica Jones and Luke Cage start like in the middle of things. Jessica Jones, I love because it, it really works as a detective show, you know? And it's like, once the main, uh, you know, problem happens she has to put all her detective skills to use to kind of solve what's going on in her own life um luke cage just starts in the middle of things um you and i talked a little bit about this like he you know we were trying to figure out the timeline of when it happens and we found out like it's basically 
at the same time as Daredevil season two and after Jessica mm-hmm. Jones. And we know this mm-hmm. because um, Claire, played by Rosario Dawson, uh, appears in Daredevil season two with a cut on her head, which is a cut she receives in Luke Cage. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that it happens after Jessica Jones because I read an article that said that. <laughs> that was one of my – okay, let me just jump in real quick. But it's weird. Uh, I agree. So let's talk about that. Let me, let me jump in. So, so the first 10 to 15 minutes because I'm like, well – and I enjoyed him. I enjoyed the character on Jessica Jones. I thought there was a lot going on there that they would they could flesh out. When, it, when we leave him Jessica Jones – He's kind of sullen and, you know, sort of shaken by what's happened to him, much in the same way she was, you know, after her Kilgrave encounter. When we see him in Luke Cage, he's all happy and he's got like five jobs like Ed Norton and Fight Club and he's running around. It's just like it was jarring in the sense that I'm like, when is this supposed to have taken place? Is this before? (laughs) Because right now I believe this is prior to Jessica Jones. Like, why does he have all these weird odd jobs all of a sudden? He owned a bar for God's sake. And so it's like, that was confusing. And once I got further into it, it kind of made more sense, but just at the outset, it was weird. They didn't take greater care to sort of tie those together in a, in a more obvious way. Well, yeah, yeah. And I felt the same confusion when I started watching it. I thought, I was sure for for several episodes that it happened before Jessica Jones, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know it just. Uh, but anyway, so my my bigger point there that I keep losing is Luke Cage starts in the middle of things and then does this awesome job of telling his origin story within an episode. Oh, so that's okay. So when they do that, like the episode. Right before that, there, it's basically like, I mean, it's just, it is a beautiful, like, build up to this. Uh, and when they finally tell that story, which is done through flashbacks, but not like in quick flashbacks, like in major, major flashbacks, uh-huh. um, where it, you'll sort of see the present action, which isn't very much, and then it'll, uh, that present action will tie into a scene from the past. You know, kind of oh, like, okay. you know, he's, he's lifting something in the present. And it'll there'll just be a cut where he's lifting something in the past or he's getting punched or whatever. And so but it tells that story and it does such a good job of like not doing anything corny with, you know, with like alerting you that it's the past, but anchoring you in the past and letting you uh, just kind of absorb this story, which is really, really interesting. It's not a stupid like the moment of him becoming Luke Cage is like many superheroes. It's like an accident of kind of chemistry and, you know, an overload of some scientific experiment thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not like that's the first thing that happens. It's not like a daredevil story where there's an accident and then he, then they have to spend however long explaining how he develops his senses. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like when he becomes Luke Cage, uh, that's sort of the end of the story. You know, it's like oh, interesting. The, the, okay. the background of like how he got to that moment is so much more interesting than the actual moment of him becoming superpowered. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Um, and then there is such an awesome callback to his Power Man costume from the comics. Like it's, it's okay, like spo- spoil that. Spoil it because I really – I don't know if I'm going to get through the rest of it. So I'm, yeah. I am curious – well, I, I yeah, I think I can I think I can explain it without actually having to spoil any details from it. Okay. But uh, if you remember his costume in the comics, um, at least like the classic sort of '80s and '70s, he's wearing this yellow shirt and he has these like sort of Wonder Woman 
uh, wristbands that are like these metal wristbands. And then he has this weird metal uh, headband. Mm. Um, and his, you know, his yellow shirt is always like open to the navel. And he's like, you know, always in this kind of like uh, Hulk sort of pose. It's and, kind of uh, black exploitation. I mean, honestly. De- yeah, definitely. Vibe, you know? um, I can't remember if there's. Is he? I know there's so many things of him like breaking chains that way, but yeah, yeah, yeah. or whipping anyway. around a chain. He's wearing a tra- chain on his like, it's yeah. like a belt or something. Uh, yeah, exactly. So it, it basically, it's just because of the scientific experiment that he is put under. Mm-hmm. Um, he's strapped down, mm-hmm. and so there's this there's this moment where he, you know, when he survives the experiment, <clears throat> um, and it sort of knocks out or kills everybody else in the room, but, but, you know, he survives. Mm. So it's like, he doesn't really realize, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure he's aware of it, but it's like, he's trying to escape. So it's Mm. not like his first moment is to like unstrap himself from all the stuff they've strapped on him. Mm. So when he just kind of breaks free, he's still got the like wrist guards on that they had strapped him down with and the headband on that they've strapped him down with. Oh, interesting. And so it's like, it just, you know, it's sort of like, when he stands up you're like holy shit he's in the costume <laughs> and then there's just this great moment where he uh uh you know he's he's naked and he's got to grab clothing and he you know there's like a classic like you know there's somebody drying their laundry outside and he grabs the shirt and he pulls it on and he sees his reflection and it's this yellow shirt that he hasn't buttoned up yet and he's got the wristbands on so you're seeing it like as he's seeing it in a ref- like reflected in a car window oh that's and great it's just so it's just like such a perfect comic book frame <laughs> yeah, of yeah. that image. I mean, it was, and it was just like, I, I'm sorry that this is such a uh, stupid word, but it was just delightful. Like oh, I was like, great. I was like, I love this, <laughs> yeah. but you know, he obviously doesn't like keep those things. It's just that one. And we've seen things like that done in, other superhero origins, you know, where there's a nod to the old. Well, they had uh, a really good one in Jessica Jones too, where she's like, "How about this?" She's like, "I look like a stripper," and she's like, "No, like your name." Like she, she uh, her friend What's Patsy, this? Patsy makes her the costume, like the the gem costume. And Jessica Jones, she's like, "You could be gem." She's like, "Gem sounds like a stripper name." That costume looks ridiculous. So they have it out. She doesn't put it on, but it's like, you know, Wait, there it was, is. But, was, but that was that a was that something jessica jones wore yeah 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 there's other other superhero name or whatever it was in the comic she is no there she's for a phase she like when she first gets her power she goes by gem and she's got like this costume that they literally wheel out in its full glory it's Um, you know it's like a marvel thing it's like stan lee showing up it's kind of like yeah it really is cutesy thing but the rhythm of it and especially with such i mean that that episode is so emotionally exhausting Mm -hmm. that just to have one little break of levity is is really fun, you know. And it's like, yeah, it's a superhero show. Like, I I just I, I love that. So that's a very very long way to answer how it answers the Jessica Jones problem, which is um, all those. There's like, uh, you know, an, another problem I can talk about in the storytelling of it. The it gives us that origin in such a, such a satisfying way that to me it didn't feel like there was sort of a lull where I, and maybe that's what it was, was maybe in Jessica Jones, when she goes to, uh, uh, you know, live with Kilgrave, I almost hesitated. Like I'm spoiling it. It's a year old now, but like when she goes to live with Kilgrave, I guess I thought 
you know, like there is, there is background there. That's like her childhood home or something. Mm -hmm. But I guess I expected an episode like that where it would just sort of flash back and tell us in full the whole story. Mm -hmm. And instead we get a lot of Kilgrave's backstory. I'm kind of just remembering this now. You know what? You're that, You just you just hit on something that I never realized. That whole the whole of Jessica Jones is less about her and yeah. more about Kilgrave's journeys from start to finish. And she's kind of like our avatar into that world. So it's it, you know, and maybe that's why he was so you know, David Tennant's a brilliant actor, and that was like the perfect role for him in that situation. But I think I think we we sort of accustomed uh, attuned to it more. Because of that, and I really wonder if they didn't sort of self-sabotage for any kind of Jessica Jones season two, because I'm like, what are you going to do now? Like, who, what, yeah. I, mean, I mean, we we had a whole season, and yeah, we got a lot of character dev from her, but not as much as him. We got yeah, a lot from him. And, and I'm really realizing this as I was saying it to you. It's not like I've been thinking about that all year. I've just, <laughs> I'm oh, just so now realizing now. that. Like, you say it. It's like, damn. Because because that really is what, um, what I feel, uh, you know, like I... As much as I felt for her struggles, like within the show, and you know what she'd gone through with Kilgrave the character, it's like I kind of came out of it feeling like I still don't really know Jessica Jones. Yeah. Luke Cage, you feel like I know this guy. Like this is a mm-hmm. three-dimensional human being. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let me, I mean, we don't need to spend too much time talking about it. I think it's I think it's it's great. Uh, I'll tell you what I think is the the problem with it is the first five episodes to me are like amazing. I when 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 you and I talked the other day, I said, this is the best, like two or three movies that Marvel has made, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, and, and I don't mean to like top, you know, uh, the Iron Man, like the first Iron Man. And I don't really, you know, literally believe that those are much more exciting and stuff, but it's just, they're just so good and they're just so well-made. But after about mid season, Mm -hmm. there's a really, um, there's a real dramatic moment. Uh, there are several dramatic moments, like sort of all in a row. It just it feels very climactic, mm-hmm. but it kind of takes the wind mm-hmm. out of the like. The, it's like this thing is just a train building steam, mm-hmm. and then this stuff happens. And I know in my head, and, and maybe this is like a a writerly way to look at it, or something, or just the way I analyze stuff like that. I felt like, you know, the act turn. There's like an act break, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I guess I was confused because I was like, I you know I already I thought we were already in the next act, <laughs> and you just sort of communicate like just sort of took all the wind out of that act and and reset the table. Well, you know what that happens in episode two. So keep in mind I've only watched episodes yeah. one and two, and then I was kind of like, eh. but there's something that happens in episode two. A major character dies, like, and you're like, wait, what? And like in Daredevil, that may have lasted until episode eight or nine or Jessica just like, so that right away, they kind of, they kind of pull the rug out from under you then where you're just like, wait, what? That guy, that person's not part of it anymore. Like what? Like, yeah, I don't want to spoil that, who that is or anything, but I, I was, I, I, it's interesting to me that you were so attached to that character. I mean, I, I was too in a way, but not, I, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, I kind of see this coming. You did okay, because okay. I mean, I, you yeah, that yeah, that character probably. I mean, they it, it would have just in a sort of, of typical way of like in yeah, a it was he was gonna like he was this, gonna, he was gonna go at some point. I right. I figured that, but I'm like, wait, and then the way it happened was so weird and well, just, you know, I was like, okay, well, let's 
that's off-putting, but all right. And so maybe the way to uh, – like one thing I would say to you, like if you want to give it another chance, mm-hmm. one of the really wonderful things it does, especially through those next three episodes after that, yeah. is it tells the story of all the characters who are – involved in that scene basically uh the sort of setting of luke cage is that um and we're supposed we're, we're thinking it, it happens after the events of jessica jones he has uh i guess moved to harlem um mm-hmm. and or actually i guess he he's sort of anchored in harlem anyway because his wife whom we have met in jessica jones because jessica jones flashes back to her death right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we know that that has happened um and he is now in Harlem, uh, whether back in Harlem or whether that's where Jessica Jones takes place. I'm not really sure. I'm sorry. Uh, but <laughs> but he, he's not originally from Harlem. He came to Harlem because of his wife. Mm-hmm. And so he starts working in his wife's uh, father's barbershop. I believe that's her father. Um Oh, Pop. interesting. And Pop so her dad. Oh, okay. I missed that entirely. I think wow. so. I think that's how he's saying. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he's he talks about how he came, you know she came back with this son-in-law. That's uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. I totally. So, I thought he's. I thought she was talking about somebody else. But yeah, you're right. That's exactly. That's why he's with this guy that he's not related to, and he's sort of like in the neighborhood where there's all okay. these people that grew up together. And there's and so this is what I think is really wonderful. First of all, there's a ton of generations of them. Like there's an older generation, there's sort of Luke's generation, and then there's a younger generation all represented. Mm-hmm. Um, and then th- those three stories that the next three episodes after, you know, like three, four, five, where, the, where we're learning more about Luke's, uh, like his origin story, we also learn about his whole family and the relation of all of these people. And that is what I think is so amazing. Like gotcha. in episode three, um, there's a, a big social like community event where you see the gangster who's got so much personality. Um, <clears throat> so there's a, there's a gangster named Cottonmouth and his uh-huh. cousin Mariah is a city councilwoman. And um, that's Alfie. That's, that's Alfred Alfred Woodard. Woodard. Yeah. Oh, okay. By and, the way, let's real quick, real quick interjection. Alfred Woody. Alfred Woodard. Alfred Woodard. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Woody Guthrie uh, plays. No, she plays a character in Captain America: Civil War, who is in it for like. You know, that's what I thought. Wait, but is, that, is that really? It it's not the same character, is it? I mean, it can't. Be. No, 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 no. But um, she but okay. she broke the cardinal Marvel rule of like you can never play the same character in the Marvelverse, which then makes me wonder. Are they getting closer to just saying, you know what, the movies are the movies and the shows are the shows, and never Maybe. the twain shall cross? Like, yeah, it's definitely a totally different character. Um, I, that's funny because I questioned that. I was like, didn't I see her in a Captain America movie? She um, looks great, though. Can I just say that too, man? She is like sixty-five, and she looks no what? older than than are you serious forty. Yeah, she's born in fifty-two, wow. so she's got to be like sixty-four, sixty-five. Well, so there's just uh, to me. That's what. Well, that's just one of the many things that's great about Luke Cage. Is um, first of all, there's the her her character Mariah um, and her cousin. So she's a councilwoman who, mm. you, you, for the first half of the show, or even more, I think it's like way into like you know deep into the series before her loyalties kind of really emerge. Mm. Um, and that first half, you're you're really on the fence. Like, I think she's. Uh, got some gangster past, but mm. she's trying to be a good person. Mm-hmm. She just kind of came up in this family that was like 
uh, like there's a, a Harlem gangster that led it, um, mm. a matriarch actually that led this family. Mm. Um, that was kind of the crime queen, and so and there so then her child was Mariah, and her sister's child or brother's child was Cottonmouth, or he, he becomes nicknamed Cottonmouth. He's Cornell. Um, there's another gangster you meet named Diamondback. So there's all these like snake <laughs> names, you know. Was, was um, Fish Mooney the, ma- the matriarch? That's all I keep yeah, thinking I of when you said that. It's like ah, and Fish Mooney, and like, <laughs> like, and then this just kind of dovetails off of Gotham. That actually legitimizes Gotham in a weird way. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it's uh, that story of the families and the, how everyone's interrelated inter- is like it mm. really makes it a neighborhood gotcha. story. And that's what I thought was just – I mean that's just one – like I said, it's just one of the things that makes it feel so cool because it's like, oh, there – you know, I mean this really is that uh, – that it's not like – it's not like Kilgrave, like the yeah. stranger comes to town and causes yeah. problems. It's, it's like these are the same problems that they've been dealing with literally their entire lives. Wow. You know, as they all kind of gain and rise and fall in power. It's just all the struggles. And then, and, uh, and Luke has been in it, mm-hmm. but there's just a moment where Pop, his father in law, you know, really puts the pressure on him. Like, you have these abilities and you're just going to stand by and, and not do anything. And that really, like, it sets the changes the whole tone of the of his of his journey you know it's like mm-hmm. there's a thing that pop says like you know it's always forward um and uh so that becomes like the theme like he you know he repeats that luke repeats that several times like always forward and uh and it just it's very cool but my problem is that sort of in the in the later third of the season like after the big climax happens where you realize like oh we've it's just kind of a typical superhero movie where there a climax happens and the characters are left kind of low and then then there's like two more climaxes at the after that and you're like no that's not uh you know it's like man of steel it's like dude just like just destroy the machine thing and then we're yeah. done like you yeah, don't have yeah, to have yeah. another battle with them after that or whatever yeah, or, i see what you mean or the uh you know batman superman thing where there's a i, I don't know it just felt like there's a, a pretty big struggle going on and then all of a sudden there's also this other struggle that we've got to deal with and then there's going to be another thing where we try to get uh, yeah, yeah. it's way too complex this is why Daredevil yeah. season one was so good because it was very simple. It built up yeah. to a final climax. It was satisfying. And then that was it. And you're like, great. Perfect. And it's, I mean, it's cool in Luke Cage because of the emotions we feel for the characters that when they remove a couple of those characters, mm. you, you feel that void. Mm. But it's bad because it's like, yeah, you remove those characters. So I, so I did feel like, you know – the, the the a couple of the people who are no longer in the show at this point mm. were really really entertaining me mm. <laughs> whether i hated them or loved them you know so there's like, more characters to die as this thing goes on is what you're saying yeah and i'm not i mean uh don't spoil uh, it don't say yeah it. i'm not trying to spoil uh i was gonna say it doesn't necessarily have to be a death it's just sort of their removal from the story. Oh, so they could they just peace out and just move on to, you know, like, in one of the, in one of the cases. Yeah. I mean, it's a death and it's like, huh. Um, so I get what they were, where they were going with that. And I never think they drop the tone that nothing ever fails as far as like the tone and the tension. It's mm-hmm. just to me, it could have been an awesome eight episode show. 
And Perfect. it's not like it's not like Jessica Jones where it repeats something for a couple episodes. It's just that it decides to go into like another act. And I just felt like, ah, you know. Um, so that said, the ending of it mm. is a really, a really smartly written like reversal of fortunes. Oh, interesting. Even though there is a a sort of nominal, like not, I mean, it's more than nominal. It's a huge, significant sort of victory for, you know, the good guys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But the way it actually ends, everything is kind of fucked up. Oh, you know, and it, and that, Ooh. and the way they pull it off is just really interesting. Cause it's not like, it's not like a dark turn, you know, it's not like you're on a cliff hanger in like a game of Thrones kind of way. Yeah. It's yeah. like you sort of get the emotional payoff of both, things mm. and i'm sorry that i have to be so vague about it. i don't want to spoil anything but you get the payoff of sort of you know the big final confrontation you get the payoff you want but then you're also like but wait the circumstances now you know like it's just it's just very very cool and the way that it deals with um can i venture can i venture a guess as to what it might be and you tell me if i'm hot or cold sure and I'm just – this is literally based on more on what happens in Jessica Jones and how these things tie together. Does he get captured by whatever creates his abilities and, like, basically gets dragged back to – like, he's – I have this feel, I have this vision of him, like, sacrificing himself for somebody else, and that sacrifice means he's got to get taken back to the lab and they're going to like work on him again or like try to like you know siphon his power away or something but he knows it'll be okay eventually or something something like that no no okay <laughs> cold, right. cold okay good cold. you're good you're definitely good. cold yeah there's not i mean that's one of the, that's that's what's so cool about it is there's not that feeling of like sacrifice it's like you feel like this is a really earned victory great but okay. but the but so much of the show uh, one of the other great things about it is like just in addition to like how these characters are interrelated and you feel like this is the these are the lives they were all leading like as i said as their their individual lives sort of rose and fell they were always interconnected um the it, they it's centered in harlem mm-hmm. and you know the uh, the the there is so much good stuff in there about race mm-hmm. and politicians and policing and of course, you know, you and I started this podcast after a conversation uh, about um, how how I think the Avengers movies are just <laughs> like, like propaganda films about how like Tony Stark ruins everything and, yeah. and yeah, he yeah. has to buddy up to the government to like cover his mistakes. And uh, well, episode zero, seasons. Uh, I know. Wow. And uh, back. so to this and Jessica Jones too, but this especially. Is is like this is the Marvel I want to see, which is like real world superheroes mm-hmm. dealing with real problems, but in a real way. Like in the movies of Marvel, it's it's you know I'm constantly in the movies going, dude, don't trust Shield at all, <laughs> at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. And then like finally, you know, like Winter Soldier, it's revealed that Shield and Hydra are the same thing. And it's like, yeah, no shit, dude. <laughs> like, of course they were. Um, you know that that sort of concentrated secretive power is always yeah. bad well and, here's but it's hard to, but it is sort of abstract you know they're flying in these helicarriers that are like giant you know uh aircraft carriers that fly around the earth and they have these global satellite protection systems and ultron and all that shit and luke cage is like no there's a local councilwoman yeah and she's trying to do you know she's trying to pitch safe streets in harlem 
which is something like who would argue against that? But she has this tension of like her cousin is the biggest gangster in Harlem. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, it's just, uh, uh, there's so many, I mean, there's so many great, like cool, uh, uh, you know, history, like history nuggets and stuff like cotton mouse first um, headquarters is a, is a building that's named after Christmas addicts. Um, The, uh, I, 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 I did oh, yeah, it, he, was I, he was like a black slave like the free the first free he was uh, the after. first person killed in the boston massacre that's right and, okay and considered to be the I'm, i mean i'm going off a quick google search um considered to be the first casualty of the revolutionary war but yes uh, but Luke Cage I, actually said like he gives like a little monologue where he's like do you know who he was yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah like he's he's staring at the headquarters and this kid tries to stick him up uh, like he's staring at this. I think I think we're supposed to believe it's like an old school that's named after yeah, yeah. Addicts. Um You know, but real but, quick, so 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 back to that same point. It worries me then that Marvel TV and Marvel movies are you know it, when or diverging uh, Kevin, when Kevin Feige kind of assumed power. The guy and I forget the guy's name at Marvel who was sort of head of everything and then Kevin a- Feige. A- had but Kevin had to report to him, but that guy has remained in charge of of Marvel TV. Oh, that's not the so, same. No, it's like a different guy. It's like a like Saul something. It's like some old timey you know, agent sounding name. Um, and apparently he's you know what Kevin Feige was just tired of being under his thumb on the movie side of things. So it makes me worried that th- there are two different groups essentially in charge of the TV side and the movie side, specifically the Netflix TV side, the movie side. Well, but. Well, and the other thing is, too. Shield, I mean, I guess that wasn't Netflix, but Agents of Shield, I thought was a pretty direct tie into the. It movies, was. Right? It okay. was, but you can't. But no one from Agents of Shield is going to be showing up on on these Netflix shows, and so I worry. And especially, you kind of nailed it. Like, these, this isn't Ultron and giant airships flying around. This is a councilwoman trying to, you know, do something. It's going to be really hard for them to. You know, I I really don't see how they get these guys into Infinity War in any way, shape, or form. Like the the, the uh, I find that kind of hard. Yeah, are way too small on these shows. Like, and I and the same token, like, you know, are we ever going to see Kingpin show up on in the Spider-Man movies? I don't know, well, man. See, but to me, that's I, I don't even. That's that's such a funny irony because. One of my one of my complaints, and I think one of yours too, is that sometimes in those movies the stakes are so high that we're not yeah. emotionally invested at all. Yeah. Um, and so they feel bigger in Luke Cage because it's all local, you know. Yeah. yeah. And it's like it's like these are stakes I relate to, like a conversation between a woman with ties to the mob who's a politician, where she's making a deal with the cops to like try to come up with super weapons that can kill Luke Cage, the superhero, you know, like to defend themselves against other superpowers. Okay. Like, hey, that's so much more real yeah. than, than Tony Stark, uh, you know, discovering some new element that can power this space <laughs> shield to keep out aliens. It's like, dude, you know, uh, Hey, on that same note though, I just, I've been, I've been Googling as we've been talking about this very thing. Apparently hammer industries gets name checked yep. in Luke cage eventually. Yep. So there's one more. So that, Shoot that, you know if if yeah I was just gonna bring that up. Well does does but what's his face um uh God who played Justin Hammer um uh, Rockman Rock uh, oh, God, Rockwell like, Sam Rockwell Sam Rockwell he doesn't pop up in this does he? No I really wanted to see his orange uh 
fingers appear again. Like, I mean, even for like, even for a minute, he could have like, you know, leaned in. I don't, I don't even know the context in which Hammer Industries appears, but like, you know, he could have leaned in and, you know, talked to Alfred Woodard or whoever it was that was in charge of getting this. You know, well, it, I, to me, it all works because it's like it's a nod to that. Like they just mention. Actually, I don't even know if they mention it. No, he does mention. He does say the name. I was thinking like maybe it's one of those things where it's just written. Yeah, but at the same something. time, too, the, the CEO of a major like of Lockheed Martin is not going to get involved personally with a local councilwoman. So you know that does make sense, actually. You well, know? but uh, I, you know, I think of it as like in uh, I think it's in Dark Knight Rises where we see a Lex Corp, um, like a basically like a Lex Luthor Corp trucks or something. Wait, what? I believe that happens even in the Christopher Nolan films. I believe there's some LexCorp stuff in those. Really? Maybe. No, there's a there's a Wayne Industries satellite that falls down in Man of Steel. Um, as a that's true. Subtle reference. Uh, I don't remember seeing LexCorp stuff in Batman and the Nolan stuff, though. I mean that. We uh, someone out there, someone listening, check us on this because that's <laughs> now I'm now I'm going to be really. Well, I don't want to have to go back and rewatch Dark Knight. Or Dark Knight Returns just for that. But anyway, so here's here's <laughs> well, to me it just felt like they're just saying it's in the universe. It's not Yeah, uh, fair enough. But but is it is it enough connective tissue for them to ever pull these guys or these characters into Avengers stuff at some point? I mean Well, I, I don't I mean I don't really I think they would kind of lose the punch of uh no no pun intended of Luke Cage <laughs> if they did that, where it's like uh, you know what makes it so effective is all that like interpersonal drama and like yeah. that it's down on the that's kind of a funny thing because we've we've mentioned in both Jessica Jones and this that like they mentioned the incident meaning the Avengers uh, like destroying New York <laughs> in the first movie in the first Avengers movie the that is the incident like yes the that is the incident. Stuff. Yeah. The Chitauri, yeah. And uh, so in Luke Cage, you know, there's like a kid on the street like, I got the best DVDs of the incident, you know, get your DVDs here. And um, But it definitely I, – I just get this feeling of like this is a street-level show and The yeah. Avengers is like a sky-level show. You know, you're at the top well, of Stark's Tower and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, it's just um, – I don't know. That's that's all the great stuff and all the you know the the race relations and the couple times where you know they talk about like you know the world doesn't want to see a, a bulletproof black man in a hoodie. It's it's like God damn it. This is this is anchored in this moment. You know, don't yeah. bring the Chitari into this. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, that's I that that hopefully that sums it up. Oh well, my last period on that sentence is the music is. Fucking phenomenal. Mm. Um, oh, and I thought of a second last point. But the music, <laughs> seriously, like, I will buy this soundtrack. I'm pretty sure that the Delphonics appear. I think there's like a reference to Delphonics. I think that's actually the Delphonics that I see on the stage rehearsing in this club. Like, it is. Wow. <clears throat> I mean, it's like when you joked about Fish Mooney, you know, and she has that club in Gotham. Uh, and, uh, but it always feels like. A soap opera kind of thing where this feels like no this is like if quentin tarantino uh sorry to bring up that name and that's so stupid but you know i mean it's like uh, the music, oh, yeah. no, the music I is, if yeah, he yeah. were doing a movie like this he would put the fucking delphonics in it like oh, yeah. They, they yeah, would yeah, be yeah. On stage um and that's just what like uh, that's the the level of detail that's in this series you know um yeah, so I, there's definitely – there's something on Nerdist. I just did a quick Google that tells all the uh, musicians who actually appear in this. That's totally worth checking out, just listening to music on YouTube. Um, the second thing I was going to say was – or the second final point was uh, 
when you're talking about how do they tie it into everything or how does Feige or whoever put this together, my understanding for the from the little I've read about Luke Cage was that this is one of those great things that we love about Netflix, which is I think one guy pretty much developed this mm-hmm. and uh, like the guy, the creator, um, his name is uh, Ichio Hodari Coker. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry if I mispronounced those, either of those, any of those three names. Um, but I think from what I read that, uh, it, that it was sort of like, you know, like it, <laughs> you know, the, the, this is the auteur that gets ah. to decide how everything goes. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, For and, this specific show. Right. And, but I heard the same thing about Jessica Jones. Cause I remember who that showrunner was. I cannot, I mean, I oh, can't yeah. remember. She uh, she's been in a bunch. Can't of remember stuff. her remember name. She had a big uh, she had a big long interview too. I forget her name too. Here's my question. Uh, here's my final question to kind of wrap it all up on my side of things too. Um, at any point, does Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall show up in uh, uh, Prince robes and and try to get a, a wife for Arsenio Hall before he goes back to Africa? Well, that maybe I don't want to give the twist away. <laughs> That might be the big climax that happens. I tell you what, every time I've only seen two episodes, but every goddamn time they show that barbershop, I'm just waiting for <laughs> freaking. There is, there is like a, I know uh, that I felt this sort of like, oh no, kind of feeling like when the in the first. There's just something that like in the first barbershop scene, you're like, I don't know if this is going to be a corny comic relief thing, mm-hmm. or. A, 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 like a, a you know like a real just warm centered uh, location for the story, and it turns yeah. out it's the latter. The latter there's, nothing, there's nothing like comic booky or nothing no, uh, uh, cartoonish about it. No or, one, no one from Sexual Chocolates coming down to get their haircut in that barbershop. Right, <laughs> but it, but I don't know what it was. Maybe there's like something on the back. Maybe it's just the way Pop jokes about the swear jar or something. But it's oh, like okay. right okay. in the first second, you're like. Please don't be, please don't be corny. And yeah, and, and which is funny too because one of the running jokes is, uh, is Claire uh, Rosario Dawson saying to Luke like, "You're so corny." Oh, interesting. Or whatever. Yeah, when he when he is says, there any kind of love interest that happens between those two that's even hinted at? Uh, I'll just say that you know she likes coffee. <laughs> <laughs> that was not at all. That, that came off so terribly from my uh, voice, but that is a joke within the show. That was oh, not it a, is. Oh, okay. That was not okay. any sort of <laughs> racial statement or anything. <laughs> oh God. In case I'm you totally, were confused, I'm totally Todd is not a racist. <laughs> oh my God. No, no, no. Uh, that's like Luke's Luke's pickup line. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like gotcha, in, the middle, gotcha. in the middle of the night when he's like, "You want to get coffee?" <laughs> She's like, "No." Nah, <laughs> always like, "It's like three nah. in the morning, dude. <laughs> it's drinking coffee." Wow. Um, there is Luke, Luke. There's some love interest for Luke. I don't want to say who it's with. Okay, no, no, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. I only reason I ask is that she keeps getting kind of dragged into these things. Luke likes coffee. Let's say that. Okay. Luke, yeah, mm-hmm. the guy. And by that, you do it. <laughs> by that, I mean the beverage. He he <laughs> loves to drink coffee, or he loves he loves inviting people to coffee. God damn it! I just I fucked that up all terribly. I'm so sorry. Um, it's milk, now you're making it worse. Uh, it is, uh, it, Mocha cream. everything about this show is, <laughs> is so good. Um, I, the, the, uh, you know, there, I, I would be remiss if, it, if I did not mention, um, uh, uh, <laughs> Misty, what's her name? Is it Misty Knight? Um, Oh, the cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Misty Knight 
which is uh, played okay. by Simone Missick, and she she's my she is my favorite character. I I want to watch like a uh I, I like I don't know Cagney and Lacey is the wrong uh, uh-huh. analog for this, but I want to watch like a a, a female two female detectives partnered up, and one of them is Misty Knight. Mm. Uh, I don't know who the other one is. Um, but she like Simone Missick is amazing in this. Every I mean, like every scene with her is just so good. Uh, and uh, I just I just don't even know how to describe it. Like she's she's my favorite character, I think, in the whole series. Uh, I, I will watch her do anything. Um, yeah, it, it, she's amazing. Um, and, uh, and then her what partner. In, what has she been in before that you've seen? Well, I know I saw a. Uh, an article today that said that she's basically just been uh, doing commercials for 10 years and like Damn. side parts and stuff like that. And it's like, where did she come from? She's, you know, she's awesome and That's we haven't great. seen her in anything. So she's just one that. of the, but she came in, you know, but she's, it's not like, it's not like some young ingenue or something where you, yeah. you know, we're going to get Will Smith's daughter. Here she is. Right. Okay. She is like, you know, the perfect age, like I said, like there these, it's, there's this great generational thing in it too, where you know, um, there's sort of the older generation. There's Alfre Woodard and and uh, a pop, I guess, is even older than she is. And then there's sort of this middle generation of Luke and Misty. Um, and then there's a younger generation that's you know involved sort of on the side there too. And it's just, ah, it's really it's really well done. So awesome. Um, well, I might give it another chance. Then I mean, I've had. I my- would say. I would say though. Uh, I I told you off air that if you if the first two episodes didn't hook you, um, mm-hmm. then just give up. But I think if I think you got to get through like three. Okay. And and I th- I think at three you're totally hooked. Mm-hmm. And um you know and if you're if you're still feeling like uh, shaky about it like I'm just telling you like four and five are knockouts. All right. All right. <laughs> so. It's yeah. like it's like rafting a river down a dangerous or rafting a boat down a dangerous river. Like this part's gonna be great and calm, but this part's gonna be a little shaky. And it's gonna get calm and cool again, and then it's gonna be a little shaky. Yeah. There were definitely like two two episodes where I think it was five when I finished five where I went, that was the best movie I've the last two episodes were the best movie I've uh, best Damn. superhero movie I've seen all year. All right. All right. So that, that alone, I may just jump to the last two and just watch those and Wikipedia the rest. And well, no, no, no. I meant like four and five. Like it was like yeah, I finished yeah. episode five and went, yeah, those were that was perfect. Okay. But, you know, so if you've gotten one and two, you got to watch three, four, five. Okay. All right. Um, but watch three. That's all. That's all right. All right. Yeah. Right this. Uh, anyway, so I'll I'll explain the. Uh, I, I can't. I don't have to explain the coffee thing, but. Uh, I think I probably retweeted it. I, I, this was so awesome. Whoever was running the Luke Cage Twitter account is a genius this weekend because <laughs> they uh, someone used this hashtag. The Luke Cage Twitter account retweeted someone saying, you know, uh, I tried watching the first episode of Luke Cage, but as soon as Luke came on the screen, my girlfriend went, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so we're done with that. And so the Luke Cage Twitter account retweeted that and added their own comment that said, she liked coffee. That's awesome. <laughs> and that, uh, I, oh my God, I was just like, I thought that was just the best. Like, that's what social media is for, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, why you, that's why you have a Twitter account called like Luke Cage. That's the official Marvel Luke Cage account. It was When the show is on the inside was, track with the audience. And they're yeah, all- not an awkward, uh, stupid joke like I made earlier that sounded like it had 
uh, oh come uh, on you politically incorrect uh, implications about that that's okay <laughs> this is donald trump's america that's all fine oh god it's mercy <laughs> all right well i think that sums it up for uh season three episode one which is now only about luke cage yeah we, we started out with uh different intentions and then i just i just talked a whole lot about luke cage and talking about it may, probably made me like the show even more See, that's the mark of a good show is when you just get more excited by talking about it, you know, and you don't see it's, it's, it's bad when you're like, yeah, and, yeah I guess that was it, okay. I guess that was okay. It will make me check out Daredevil for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I will go back and watch parts of Jessica Jones and I will probably go back and watch episodes three, four, and five of Luke Cage. Um, oh, they do, by the way, they really, do. Near, they near named- the end of. Sorry, I was just going to say, near the end of Luke Cage, there's this really, really subtle – it's not even – I mean, you can't even call it a joke. It's just a reference where uh, uh, Luke, Cage, uh, Luke Cage says something about needing a lawyer, or he says, do I need a lawyer? And Claire Rosario Dawson goes, I know a good one. <laughs> well, there's another name check too, right? In, in episode two when Cottonmouth does something really crappy to one of his henchmen, and like there's this other yep. guy on the roof that's like, I'm going to go back to Hell's Kitchen. You, you mofos are too crazy up in here. It's like, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, that's all. Oh, he says like it, that's safer than here or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. And there's a tie in too. Cause there's something about it being cleaned up or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. Anyway, that's what I, I'm going to check them all out. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope, I hope I've spoken with this, uh, uh with enthusiasm and get someone else to go check it out. It's exactly. worth Exactly. Well, uh, from you, where, where can folks follow you online? You can on find me on Twitter at hey todd a and you can find you where i'm on the cyber at at uh, at taylor trask on twitter <laughs> we, have, we have the best cyber we have Sorry, the best I, cyber. I spoke over you you are at taylor trask on yeah, that's right and then uh where you can find us both on the cyber at there.network um, yes just wow. type in there.network oh, oh and we we are on twitter at find us there that's uh, right. Yes. Shoot. You won't find much there, but we suggest going to there.network and following all our social profiles where eventually we will put stuff, announcements yep. of shows and things like that. Um, until next time, uh, I'm Todd A. I'm Taylor Trask. Bye. Later. Bye.